So should I say it's fall, y'all? Like, what do I say? Like, you hey, y'all, yeah. it's fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you should say that way. Okay, that's perfect. Uh, hey, y'all, it's fall, and it's biz, <laughs> and I'm with Alexi and Sam, and we're the NIMFED alumni. And in honor of the change in leaves, crisp autumn air, and Sunday football, we have a very special seasonal episode for y'all today, covering the aesthetic and internet phenomenon known as Christian Girl Autumn. Oh, that was great. We I don't even know if we can do a southern accent anymore. Christian Girl Autumn is an expression created as a Christian-themed variation of Hot Girl Summer, which is... <laughs> I don't know if we should do this. People who are my dad are going to make fun of me. That was, that was my impression of, like... That was I've so good. Heard. That was so good. <laughs> it was like Southern Girl like... doing a presentation. <laughs> yeah, that was so good, Alexia. Okay. <laughs> which is... I'll, I'll do it half and half. Which is often associated with stereotypical basic white women who enjoy pumpkin spice lattes and posting photos of themselves in oversized scarves in autumnal scenes. Autumnal. Uh, Christian Girl Autumn... <laughs> started off as a meme in the late summer <laughs> no i can't do it i can't um okay christian girl Adams started off as a meme in the late summer of 2019 the end of the first hot girl summer on august 19th 2019 twitter user lasagna baby tweeted a picture of influencer slash blogger caitlin covington and her friend with the caption hot girl summer is coming to the end get ready for christian girl autumn so in this photo that was tweeted by lasagna baby Caitlin and her friend, who are white women with perfectly curled, immaculate chocolate brown hair, are both wearing blue skinny jeans with big oversized sweaters and giant scarves. And they're also wearing matching suede heeled booties. And of, I think the most recognizable thing about this photograph is that they had these two massive dangling matching Celine luggage totes, which honestly, those were very quintessential yet basic, yet aspirational to many, many white girls in the 2010s. But this photo was actually taken in 2016, so a few years before this tweet was made and this meme followed it. But we'll include a link to the photo in the tweet. Well, actually, the original tweet is no longer online, I don't think. But we'll <laughs> include a photo to some archival imagery in the show notes. I guess... Let's discuss the aftermath, the initial aftermath of this tweet and this meme and how people saw it online. I think it's really funny that it was kind of adopted by like alt slash troll slash queer Twitter because it represented something that was so separate and so normal. The centerpiece of it is this girl who's like really wholesome and high quality. And I think this brand of like high quality blogging represented something different from like the lo-fi Instagram aesthetics of the time. Yeah, it was at the time when Instagram influencers were really becoming the brunt of a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, like, kick-started this huge discourse online about basic white girls. And I think Caitlyn kind of became the, like, caricature of just, like, your average, really bitchy Southern girl who is just, like, conservative and... Uh, doesn't have like a very defined style around this time people just really hated that people hated being basic and I really think that the popularity of this tweet kind of like accelerated the cycle of altification I guess like just turning everybody alt yeah because it gave people such a clear image of what they weren't and what they are aspiring to not be and also it was just a really easy punching bag like a lot of people made fun of Caitlyn for you know, alleging that she was racist or 
that she would speak to the manager at whatever restaurant she goes to. <laughs> but that changed after its initial popularity online. And it, like Alexi said, it kind of became unironically, some semi-ironically, but post-ironically embraced by queer Twitter and the people that honestly were making fun of it at first. Yeah, I'd also like to add like not mental illness twitter but yeah i think this represents to people a kind of like wholesomeness or sanity i saw a lot of responses to this being like i wish my life was so simple like they just seem so happy which is true but i think also a main criticism of this archetype of woman is that they're somewhat two-faced like in all their pictures they're grinning and super smiley and like cuddling with their friend but a lot of like the reactive tweets implied that they're the type to be pro-life or speak to the manager whereas i think i don't know like alt or mentally ill or queer people like pride themselves on the opposite they're like looks like i could kill you but i'm actually a cinnamon roll you know the reason why i think a lot of people hated this girl is because of how polished all of these influencers were. And I think what's really interesting is like hatred for them started tanking and people started to actually like them once like the even more robotic e-girl started to rise. And so the e-girl kind of overtook people's, I think people react really viscerally to like really robotic. Um, it overtook people's understanding of artifice, I think is yeah. mm-hmm. a really good point. Exactly. And I guess like production of images because being an e-girl and taking like photos in your LED light bedroom, how is that so different than taking pictures outside in a pumpkin patch, you know? True, yeah. You probably spend the same amount of money like buying And the same amount of time like getting ready. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, yeah. Like the e-girl thing is more artificial because it's usually inside, so you actually construct a background. But girls like Caitlyn and Christian Girl Autumn Girls are usually outside in their photographs so they're really just making use of what god gave us as scenery it's true. which is another thing people hated them for was the idea that they would be associated with these like very uh, basic backdrops like sunflower fields pumpkin patches those wings that were painted on the, the streets in austin those wing <laughs> murals i i love you so much murals yeah down the street from me not to dox myself yeah no that's something i guess we should give people context biz and i grew up in south carolina and sam has lived much of life in texas yeah (laughs) so we are southern we are girls raised in the south so we are Mm -hmm. somewhat authoritative when it comes to this topic um but that's something i'm glad you brought that up biz like aspirational normie content because a lot of people in my hometown and like I guess normal people like posting to main feed Instagram is truly an occasion like you have to go somewhere do something and take photos to post you know I guess like most of us live in the part of the internet that has been totally taken over by the photo dump or at least like candids but the fact is that normal people are still taking pictures at the sunflower field pumpkin patch Christmas tree farm and using the time of year as an excuse to post with some kind of like catchy caption as with it's fall y'all which it is (laughs) y'all one thing that's always like really interesting to me i've always wanted to bring this up on the podcast but like the rise of wedding hashtags on instagram (laughs) stuff like that like um people just you know these girls these influencers have really mastered the internet in a way that i don't think a lot of even the most online people have 
you know, I'm a big proponent of these women. Like I love them. And what I think is really interesting is like, they are maybe what you would consider online confessional culture because like they post like nonstop all day long, everything that they're doing, but like, it doesn't feel narcissistic at all because they never tell you how they're feeling or, you know, overshare. They're just kind of like driving around town to like rustic coffee shops and like posting about their day, you know? I would like to give a good example of this, which is that last night we were preparing for this episode and one of us uncovered Caitlin Covington's wedding video and we watched it and we all started crying in our own bedrooms. (laughs) It was obviously an emotional video, stylized, but emotional and a good comparison to like how they differ in their confessional or maybe like internet entrepreneur culture is that, do you guys know who Zoe Laverne is? yeah uh so she's she's one of the og tiktok girlies like she was big on there before charlie d'amelio was before addison but she's had a lot of scandals but she's just a tiktok girl with a lot of followers and she actually just had a baby and she's um wait what yeah she just had a baby she's young i think but she had a baby she's 20 yeah yeah but the, the the point i'm trying to make here is that she is selling photos of her baby on OnlyFans or Patreon as Oof. like you can get this like you can get this intimate look at my life but mm-hmm. and at my new baby whose name is like probably Bruxley or something um yeah. <laughs> but no. you have to you have to pay for it like it's such a it's not a graceful way of sharing your life whereas Caitlin Covington shares her life in a very graceful way I think as I was reading her blog I think the element that people who only like view the images of this type of aesthetic are missing is that when you read the writing you realize that these girls are actually like really humble and they have insecurities and maybe that's like performative but the tone of this type of girl blog is relatability or like making people feel accepted it's not aspirational in a way that's exclusive Yeah, I think they just retain such a high level of dignity in every aspect of their lives. And that's kind of like why they're the actual trad people. They're not like what like the meme of trad is at all. Like they just live extremely modern lives with all modern amenities. And all they do is like make Amazon shopping lists and shit. But like they still retain like a level of like my family, faith, God, like those are my priorities. Yes. So obviously Christianity really big for these girls. But it's an underlying tone. It, they're not Christian bloggers, you know. They're Christians who have fashion blogs. I think that ties into why this aesthetic or phenomenon is becoming popular with the girls, the gays, the theys, is because any listener of this podcast probably knows that Christianity as an aesthetic has been trending as like a status building thing and alt culture online and in fashion for a while. I've written about this a few times, so I'll link that in the show notes. But I really like Sam what you just said, how these are like the real trad people, because I think in the center of this, or it's cool to like LARP as a Christian thing that's going on is like Catholic core. And that's very trad trad. I'm wearing white and a, a crucifix and bloomers, but that's becoming more mainstream now. So it's like losing the esotericness that made it attractive to the people that are attracted to it. But this, LARPing as like a mommy Christian blogger is way more esoteric now. Like, it's way harder to parse and it's way harder to effectively pull off in a way that still signals that your involvement is like somewhat ironic. Like, it's a much more difficult feat to 
do Christian Girl Autumn and still have people be like, oh, something's going on there that's not totally straightforward versus doing Catholic core. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's because the the roots of Catholicism are so tied up in like decorativeness and Mm -hmm. this aesthetic concern that it is really easy to aestheticize. And there's a way longer history of alternative fashion and Catholicism, I guess. But like Protestantism in the US is actually so fugly. Like Protestant church architecture in the US is so busted. And the fashion is like, you know, this type of woman fashion. So it is going to be harder to alternify. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that happens. But but the one way we are seeing it is um, the brand Ghani. You guys know them? They oh basically, God, yeah. they make, and this is not just Ghani, but like the oversized pilgrim collar being trendy and yeah. pilgrim shoes as well. And also just like the silhouette of pilgrim dresses has been trending for a while. And I think everyone's getting tired of it now. It's so full circle because that style has trickled down to Target now, mm-hmm. which is oh, insane. Yeah, and people yeah. say really mean things about it on uh, TikTok. People say it's berries and cream. <gasps> oh god, yeah, that that is very Pilgrim. This is like my favorite thing about these girls. And they are all so Protestant or just non-Catholic Christian. Like, you know, they're very well known for having these inspirational quotes and like calligraphy. And every single quote is literally like a proverb of the protestant work ethic it's like reading like the poor man's almanac or something (laughs) like they speak in fables and like idioms and they are like really like female grindset girl boss thing like you know they all have little small businesses that they run out of their homes they all have four kids and they're all like married and that stuff is hard you know and they somehow make it all work and don't have any negative energy about it like i think people just project their own jealousy of how perfect their lives are I'm sure they're not actually that perfect people feel upset that somebody so unexceptional can have such like a comfortable lifestyle I would hazard that Caitlin Covington has great hair and therefore mm, cannot yeah. be considered unexceptional but generally I understand what you're, you're saying there yeah yeah I think my my last point that I'd like to make about this brand of Christianity is that it's always kind of like non-denominational mega churchy if you will and somewhat like abstract it's less about christianity as like an individualized belief system or like in a spiritual way or like having a relationship with god and more about using christianity to structure your family and teach your kids lessons i want to touch on your point so the slightly christian girl boss has really many places in america big huge one outside of the South is, or South and the Midwest would be uh, Utah and any stronghold of the Mormon faith. And I think we would definitely be remiss not to mention the Mormon influence on Christian Girl Autumn because those women, they really defined this prototype, I guess, for this aesthetic. They took it to its its maximum potential, I think. Like they had the biggest Mm -hmm. hair, they had the blondest hair. They had the skinniest legs with the biggest sweaters. They that were, sort of thing. They were modest. Yeah, yeah. and they also, uh, however, they don't drink coffee, which is remiss. Oh, but that's such a Christian Girl Autumn thing, like, but first coffee, like mm-hmm. pumpkin spice latte. Um, but I'm sure they have, like, they probably like tea or something. Yeah, I, don't like you can, I don't think you can, yeah, it's you caffeine. can drink. It's or no, caffeine. hibiscus tea is non-caffeine. No, the Mormon rule around coffee is not just about it being caffeinated. There's something else about it that I have to remember. <laughs> I think I didn't even drink hot chocolate, though. Another thing, a reason people are accepting Christian Girl Autumn into their life is because 
girl boss culture has entered the cultural conversation really hard this past year so it's kind of top of mind and people are being like post-ironic or ironic girl bosses and girl boss culture in turn is very protestant so it all just seems like a growing reaction and i don't think it'll ever have the same longevity that catholic chorus had but it seems like a reaction to that in my opinion but people aren't dressing like this like that's what makes me upset like people would actually dress catholic because it's easy to tell that you're like doing that ironically you know because like no one actually dresses like that except like actual kids that are in catholic school but this is gonna be so hard to subvert and i want people to start accepting that challenge i kind of do that but it's not (laughs) taylor scarabelli scarabelli just wrote something for spike magazine that i haven't read yet but i saw a pool quote from it on her instagram and it's like talking about how in the show the white lotus the two all teenage characters they all teenage girls dress super basic because we have so many trends now that everything is considered basic at the same time um like Mm -hmm. nothing is ever truly cool anymore that's true so the like coolest thing you can actually do is basically inflect all of your clothing with an attitude and it's like that's the thing about christian girl autumn being subverted so it's literally all mental i love to Alexi, earlier you mentioned mega churches and stuff and like just the Protestant and more and Mormon like aesthetics. I was just thinking like, what is like, what is the through line through this? And I may be wrong, but like it just every time I've been to one of those churches, it feels like I'm in a sports stadium and it just feels like American as fuck. It feels like going to like the gymnasium to see your kids play basketball. Yeah, I think it's like a combination of spectacle and community is like a very American vibe also i these churches were definitely the first to one millennialize so they're the first to have millennial pastors starting churches and Mm -hmm. um, also leading congregations and they also were the first to hack social media as in to like realize that they could blow up on social media and also oh god i've actually spent a lot of time at these churches uh so weird well, it's just yeah. like the acoustic guitar cool guy in sandals thing, you know? It was actually so predatory. I was, like, always wondering like, yeah. if this kind of became, like, a huge thing in South Carolina when I was in middle mm-hmm. school. And they would send these really hot young adults to our middle school, and they would, like, bring like fast food for the kids who, like, went to that church. And everyone would be like, who are those, like, super dreamy boys who are, like, bringing this girl Chick-fil-A? And then they would, like, hand you a business card for their church and be like, we're going to be giving away an iPad at church this weekend. Like, you should come. And it was just like, wait, what the hell? And so many of the girls that I knew became involved in these churches just because they were, like, obsessed with the guys that were in the bands. And it was so weird. Dude, yeah. Like, that was, that is my whole theory on Young Life. I I, have, I know a lot of people that were in Young Life. We should practice what like, Young Life is because Young Life is not, like, a super commonly known thing, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I don't know if it's Southern or Young Life is this, like, non-denominational Christian church. It's, like, localized, but also, like, a national chain it's so yeah weird. they usually like buy like abandoned mini malls for their churches <laughs> yeah. or like stadiums and stuff and it's all young people y- given young life the young life uh, chapter from where i'm from growing up they did have like the hot guys come and like try to like recruit girls and they didn't push abstinence very hard at this church so there that was also another thing of like all these hot people for some reason they all joined young life and they were all dating each other and there would always be grooming allegations coming out of it Damn. and they would rec- try to recruit you so hard and it was like very culty like they'd be like come and join the family and 
Uh, it was so yeah, weird. The thing yeah, about like, it, they would like, also do like organized trips too. So it was always like mm-hmm. a trip to some crunchy like camp in the mountains, or they would do like a beach trip where everyone got baptized. <laughs> it does seem strange um, to me that it's not even like a youth chapter of a larger church. It literally is just a church for young people. Yeah, like, I didn't graduate even out of it or what? I thought I forever know. that it was um, like a youth organization, like a youth group that was attached to a larger Christian organization. And I'm shocked to know that they had churches. I, I didn't know that. They had yeah. parishes. Yeah. And it's just, you can't go with your parents. I would never tithe there. The tithe would be used for condoms. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. It's like so, oh, that, that church is messed up. Anyways, these these girls there's like a side of the christian girl autumn that's like nefarious young lifey and then there's like another side of it that's just like there's something very middle class about it like you know they love to go to target they love to go to tj maxx they love doing candle hauls their errands are literally just going to like kohl's and like getting body scrub or something like yeah their fantasy i think the people that the fantasy of them is like what would my life be like if I enjoyed the suburbs? Like that is what they make <laughs> yeah. you think. Because I think everyone, if you've ever lived in like suburban or like non-urban America, knows the feeling of just like driving around and seeing a bunch of strip malls and being like, why does it look like this? And like, it just feeling unsatisfied by your surroundings. Mm-hmm. One like major thing that I read in, it's in like Venkatesh Rao's Domestic Cozy series. But he wrote that uh, shopping began to replace cooking as the prototypical housewife responsibility. And he was kind of um, basing this on Hannah Arendt's The Human Condition, a part where she talks about how the domestic sphere is like, historically was a fully constrained zone of nonstop labor. And it was only in venturing out in public that the master could even enjoy a measure of freedom and agency. So that's why so much of like, wifey blogging or christian girl autumn or like this type of towny aesthetic is so based on shopping and it honestly makes Mm -hmm. me sad to see that being transmuted onto amazon because i do think there's like a certain pleasure from buying things from target that you're seeing other girls from across the country also buying at target what do you mean transmuted on amazon i don't know that just makes it seem like if shopping is like the activity that you're doing as a housewife like okay so you mean like instead of going out and driving to target and parking your car and getting starbucks and going in you just order on amazon instead yeah and you're just like receiving things yeah okay that's actually interesting because what i've noticed with these girls now is that their new thing is shop local because like they all turned their small crafting businesses into like you know, they built their, like, wealth from, like, making calligraphy for weddings and, like, mm-hmm. flower bouquets for, like, baby showers. And they all opened up rustic coffee shops. And now it's, like, they're supporting each other. And then it's, like, you go over there and you take, like, an Instagram photo there. And that is, like, a very, like, I love suburbia and I love to live in my hometown vibe. There's, like, hometown girls that I follow that are like semi like local influencers even though some of them were not very nice growing up like I totally forgive them because their content is so engaging but do you guys think it's engaging to everyone or do you think it's engaging to us because we're single women in our (laughs) 20s who are more or less tied up in creative careers yeah I think that's a good question I think A lot of the reason why I derive joy from, like, South Carolina influencers who will hashtag their stuff with, yeah, that Greenville is because I, like, left. 
I, yeah, I guess just, like, the main difference is, like, every alt teen, like, dreams of leaving suburbia, and these people are, like, mm-hmm. really happy, and it's really easy to be, like, oh, they peaked in high school, like, they have nothing going for them, but it's, like, actually, they're low-key winning, and they're not miserable. <laughs> yeah, like, like they actually have milestones in, in life. They're always engaged, or getting married, or pregnant, or starting a new, like, makeup line or something, like, they have these, like, milestones for their life to measure, so it's, they're, like, peaking every day like, you know, like that's so like, true so they're true. just like they might have peaked in high school and like plateaued a bit but then they're pregnant and they're so happy about it and like they have this beautiful baby shower and gender reveal and good for them like i'm rooting for them guys we should talk about like fertility and motherhood and all of the alt girlies really wanting that another thing that is appealing about christian girl autumn vibes is that all the alt girlies, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Instagram, if you're on Discords, they all really want to prove that they're more than just like a common e-girl of the streets and that they can like be trapped in a tangible way by like getting married or having a long-term relationship and having a baby and like being a good mother, being a cook or whatever, uh, making broth and such. To circle this back to another meme, that is honestly tangential to this, uh, the meme of being submissive and breedable, which made an appearance on our last episode on accident. That's why submissive and breedable was so funny because it was like the hyperbolic statement of a mood that a lot of people were feeling, which is like this lust for homemaking and for traditional relationships and milestones. Yeah, I think what rose me the wrong way about the alt girl to like want to be treadwife pipeline is that it's like this kind of narcissistic thing of wanting to start a family but not being on like good terms with your own family you know i'm like you're still like even if you're pretending to do this online like you're still the weird cousin you still are a bitch to your mom these people like actually enjoy family fun and like go to football games and spend time with each other in a way that isn't like painful so I think people need to realize that it's, like, being trad yeah. isn't just, like, your way to express superiority over your peers as, like, the new thing that you're better at. But, like, you need to adopt it truly into your life and start having, like, heart hearts with your grandma. Yeah, and also learning to compromise so a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a lot of tradness is going to social events you don't like. Exactly. It's, like, a huge part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, being, like, low tolerance and super cunty, it's just, like it's not gonna mesh with this lifestyle yeah like you're not fucking margot tenenbaum yeah seriously i think we need to remove our like visceral hatred of basicness Mm -hmm. from our society because life is just mundane for everybody and romanticizing it through like your alt media and stuff is just gonna make the mundanity that is inevitable like feel a lot worse what these girls do they just do their best to like be a part of the collective and like continue their like traditions in a non I don't feel like their traditionalism is toxic. I don't know. Like I know a lot of these girls in real life. Sure, like in high school they were kind of bitchy, but like I'm sure I was just as bitchy as like the alt girl, you know? Um, they're just living normal lives. Like we need to normalize being normal again. I wrote about basicness in the early days of Mark Fisher quotes and how I agree it really being basic is something we need to tackle as well we need to dissolve it and we also need to dissolve chuginess which is its like demonic younger sibling this is a great quote from a fellow 
FIT graduate named Cassandra Napoli, who was an associate editor at WGSN, which is a trend forecasting company. Being basic enables those sharing in the aesthetic presence to build a long-term community beyond a product. And I was like, hmm, that seems more valuable than Instagram followers, like uh, praising you for how unique and special Mm -hmm. we all are by being alt. I wanted to talk about next. I feel like we've deconstructed this archetype as a person, but I would like to talk more about fall and the significance of the season. Yeah, I think my theory is that mommy types associate fall with coziness and comfort and peace because finally their demonic children are back in school and in the hands of the state, so they can like drop off their kids to school and then like get Starbucks with their friends. And also after school activities keep kids really busy. So fall represents like the serenity of settling back into routine. And in America, it promises, you know, like football, Thanksgiving, Halloween, all of these rituals that are low-key like competitive when it comes to homemaking, but also like blessed family time. So it's like a lot of playfulness, a lot of like localization. It's just a vibe. I think it's actually funny to associate Chugi with this vibe because Chugi is like a synthesis of being basic and also like the okay boomer meme because it's like millennials or whatever and one of the things biz said one time i don't know if it was in the podcast or in the group chat but it was like one of my favorite things she's ever said which is like chuggy is just people that like really hate the middle class ray dunn marshall's like a bunch of shit like that it all that stuff pj max pj max all that stuff is just like there's no aspiration to it it's just kind of like your normal mode of things and fall kind of for for me it always symbolizes like reaping of a harvest like of all your heart the year's hard work and like all of that celebratory stuff I don't know where I was going to take that I'm sorry I like lost my train of thought yeah it's just like although this does have something to do with class very obviously it's like the people who live in metropoles who would describe people from their hometowns as chuggy are probably making significantly less money than people in their hometowns mm-hmm. are. I'm sorry, but like it's this true. lifestyle is truly expensive. So mm-hmm. it's like you want to act like you're better than these people who are like culturally middle class or participate mm-hmm. in like middle class consumption because they're not buying stuff from like Essence or something. But it's not like it's a cheap way of life. I don't know. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. I mean, I think. It's like upper middle class and then it, the target audience is lower middle class. And it's also like the stagnancy of like a trade. Like a lot of these people have like trades. Yeah. The stability of that sort of thing also provides like the ability to just craft on your free time and stuff. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people that just like hate on this aesthetic are not like classic traders, but they think that their taste makes them like a higher class than they actually are. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think my best quality in life is that I have bad taste. It's good to have bad taste, I think. Yeah, I kind of, like, definitely have bad taste. <laughs> yeah, I had a milk bar cake for my birthday, which is chooky as fuck. Chooky stuff is I had two, cool. as you know. No, I um, own a lot of Ray Dunn stuff. I get it for, like, people just give me Ray Dunn things, and I love them. I love the coffee cups. I love potted plant things. I think it's cute. I don't know. Yeah. It is my cute. contribution to this is always having curled hair. Yeah. Curling your hair is good. I could go at length about that, but basically my thesis about having curled hair is that, like, okay, some people have naturally straight hair, some people have naturally, like, curly hair, but no one naturally has, like, barrel-curled pageant hair. Yeah. 
so it requires the same amount of effort from everyone it's true yeah the polishedness mm-hmm. yeah guys i think we should talk about how society in general is just obsessed with fall in this very well i think we need to talk about spookiness oh yeah and um that is i think one of the worst cancers of alt light culture which is being like alternative lightly so was slash is being obsessed with spookiness and calling it like calling things spooky or spoopy and honestly the poster title of this is um the singer songwriter phoebe bridgers she is literally like she literally romped around in a halloween store skeleton costume for the the better the better portion of her career for like two years and built her entire career off of it to the point where she wore a beaded skeleton dress to like the Grammys or something. That's so funny. And I just like that that to me is a lot more noxious and offensive than any iteration of Christian Girl Autumn. Yeah, Christian Girl Autumn feels like ancient. It feels like um because fall is just such a ancient it's a holiday. Fall itself is a holiday. We need to talk about the harvest, of course. I think you made a good point yeah, about Yeah, like it's like a globally yeah, let's talk about the like, harvest. It's always been throughout like literature and culture a symbol of you reaping the benefits of your life. It's not just the benefits of your year, but also it's like a metaphor for your life where it's like you are probably gonna be most comfortable whenever you're like in your fifties and that's like the fall of your life. It's gotten the hang of things. The there's a great everyone's probably heard of this like the keats poem Mm -hmm. um to autumn that's like what it's about is like at the beginning of fall it's like such a joyous season and you're just like wow like look at this abundance and then towards the end of fall you realize like wait winter is coming and then like the sun is going to set and then i'm just gonna die you know um so fall is like kind of decadent because it symbolizes the last season of your life that you can really enjoy things before like slow crawl to death you know (laughs) so yeah I think also like with the comforts of modern society, there's less of that dread surrounding winter and it actually is fall is like this prelude to the great spectacle that is the holiday season, mm-hmm. which bloggers love, obviously. Mm. And a major point that I think is like central to Christian Girl Autumn is the fact that being a self-employed slash homemaker mm-hmm. woman is very tied to seasons and holidays. Because, like, the media for this class, like, Food Network, Southern Living, Better Homes and Gardens was once structured around this because this is how homemakers like to flex is by making these, like, elaborate displays, decorating their house, hosting events. Um, And normie bloggers kind of, like, were past the torch of this. And so Mm -hmm. this is, like, their new form of competition and fall is when you can really put a lot of energy into it because you're like done entertaining your kids for the summer. Yeah, and there's also a stasis of fall because if you're of a certain uh, class, you might travel a lot in the summer and you might have like a second home or just spend your summer somewhere else. But fall, yeah, is back to school energy, mm-hmm. which means you're staying put. Yeah, we have in Texas, we have winter Texans. So it's people from the North who don't like the cold in the winter. So they come to to Dallas usually or something but Alexa you mentioned the pioneer woman and it just dawned on me yeah. that the, the food network has like a like southern housewife or just like a random housewife for each season like I feel like <laughs> Paula Dean is summer you know yeah. and like and like um pioneer woman is fall who's winter um who knows who else spring is maybe Ina Garden. oh I have a good idea winter I feel is actually Giada Del Rento oh, because yeah. she has ice queen energy 
her yeah, eyes that's what really, I was say. <laughs> her eyes pierce with a coldness. Yeah. Oh, like, the the, yeah. Higher, the pioneer woman is like the modern day harvest goddess of Christian girl autumn. I'm so obsessed with her. You love this woman. Her. Literally has pumpkin spice colored hair, and she lives on a ranch in Oklahoma. And her husband is a cowboy named Lad, and her kids got married super early. <laughs> And her thing that really... Are they all married now? She has five, but I think, like, the main ones are married. Which is, like, shitty to call people, like, the main kids, but you the know what I mean. The main ones, yeah. yeah. Um, but her whole thing, which took mm-hmm. her from mommy blogger in 2006 to being, like, a network TV star, is that she rejected the kind of coastal elite snobbiness of Ina Garten and was always, like, feeding her kids artificial cheese and doing life hacks and shortcuts because her philosophy was like the less time you spend in the kitchen the more time you have for family fun oh yeah and on that point she was the first i spent i think i've watched a good amount of food network she was the first to my knowledge and remembrance for network star that really had a like a physical focus on family because Mm -hmm. it would literally be like Alexia, am I correct in saying they were, they were fairly, like, present on the show? Yeah, I think they were. Ina Garten's whole thing is that she would, like, make a lot of food and then her husband would, like, come home at the end and be eating it and he'd be like, it's good. Yeah, but there wasn't this, like, there was, like, this joyous <laughs> ranch yeah. energy for the Pioneer Woman where it was, like, all these moving parts, yeah. all these children. Yeah. I think it's she had a huge family, so everything was, like, a huge quantity, like, a buffet style, like, yeah. yeah. That's, like, such a dream. There's just such a, I don't know, this is another thing why I think that the Christian Girl Autumn influencers, their posts, even though they're really, like, contrived and they're really confessional, they are also so dignified because they really have their priorities straight and they really know where, like, to draw the line. The most consistent source of joy will be in their lives. Yeah, also just to draw the line, too. They, they, that's what's, like, also, I was talking about this earlier with y'all, but, like, Everyone, I feel like, has, like, a Christian Girl Autumn comfort influencer that they just, like, watch on Instagram and they've kept up with for years. And, like, you know, you get to, they they have drama, but, like, they will never tell you. It's, like, you can tell that something's wrong because you've been watching their shit for, like, years, you know? And you're, like, oh, shit, like, why isn't her husband, like, on vacation with the kids this year or whatever? Um, and it's, like, so much juicier than, like, a Trisha Paytas meltdown because there's, like, so much mystery to it. Yes, I agree. They There really is a lot of subtlety in the tragedy of their lives. And also because mm-hmm. they pre- present this perfection it, um, online, it's, like, yeah, it's a lot more captivating than someone who is constantly chaotic and messy. Well, it's not more captivating. Mm-hmm. I don't think... Trisha Paytas isn't the best example because she is on another level, but... <laughs> Um, Sam, I actually think we should take this moment to appreciate something really beautiful that you wrote down on the notes, uh, which is about, I think you know what it's about. Which one? I, I bolded it. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So we, we, there, okay, so you guys may not know this if you're not from the South, but maybe you do. A lot of millennial Christians start coffee shops. Um, <laughs> yeah. God, I've worked at so many of those, dude. I'm so tired of that shit. They do um, not treat their workers right. It feels that's where you go to Bible study. Yeah, uh, young life coffee shops I've worked at. It's don't do they it. all have funny names. Yeah, I I just use this as an example. Like this is what I would name my Christian girl Adam coffee shop is Salted Pig under November Sky, seventeen sixty five. Um, because like so that is all of those. They always have the word pig in them because they're trying to like counteract the elegance with like this ugly word you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's always like i don't know why it's like it's like 1700s themed to me it's like american revolution themed it's it's so protestant 
this or the name format that's like blank and blank like salt and ivy caviar and bananas caviar caviar and bananas (laughs) yeah salted pig under november sky i literally want to go eat there like right now yeah yeah what would you guys get there i would get a salted pig leg yeah i feel like they're the type to have they would have cupcakes that are like salted caramel that have bacon bits on top yeah or they have like potato chip cookies, you know? I had a Captain Crunch cookie the other day from this bakery in Charleston. It was really good. Ooh. Yeah. Really nice. They always have shit like that. Or they have like their homemade Pop Tarts. Every single one of these places has homemade Pop Tarts. <laughs> they always. always have like a South American inspired pastry. Like they yeah. always have it's from like their mission trip. They learn how to. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Nympha alumni should go on a mission trip, but then I was like, Oh, never mind. Wait, where to? Like Montreal um, or something? <laughs> yeah, no, no, we should go to a mission trip to Sweden because they're all atheists. Yeah, um, we should evangelize like Nordic. Yeah, countries. for real. If <laughs> Why don't they yeah, do if that? Yeah. really cared about like evangelizing people, they would go to like super developed, godless countries in Europe. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna unplug their routers and. Um, I don't know what else they have there. There's super fast internet speed. I'm going to break it up. We're also all yeah. pretty tall, so we can, like, assimilate easily. Oh, yeah. Way. I feel like we could do it. Guys, I have one more point that I want to make. I think we culturally, I've said this to my besties, Sam and Alexi, that we are in a cultural fall, like a literal holistic cultural fall beyond mm-hmm. the season of fall impending. And yeah. I think this is evidenced by the slow burnout of Hot Girl Summer. I don't think Hot Girl Summer is coming back next year. It's mm-hmm. been like three summers. I can't see it having the same. I can't. I can't. I mean, it can, but and it will, but it won't. It sucked this year. Nobody had fun. Nobody, Nobody had, had fun. fun with the Hot Girl Summer thing. Alexi literally had to go to uh, uh, take care of a friend who has like chlamydia and like a bordering state. I had. Um, uh, I had a. Not gonna lie, I had a hot girl summer, but really? it's only because I bagged my crush. But oh yeah, that, I guess I did psychedelics. That's not even like a hot girl activity. Alexi, who's your crush? Who's Just my kidding. crush? You're really gonna Just kidding. Guys, we'll find out. Just kidding. Honestly, but... bagging your crush isn't even a hot girl summer activity. Like, because hot girl so summer would be like trying to get my body count up. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that you were playing a different game. Like, Hot Girl Summer is being strategic, but not in a sentimental way, if that makes sense. Like, it's, it's like yeah. girl bossing decadence, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that note, I think that, well, you know, I'm sure some of our listeners saw this little article from the New York Times saying sex positivity is over, which, like, duh, literally duh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's also indicating to me a cultural fall. A cultural autumn if you will and then also i just see some aesthetic movements such as um moving back to a lot of darker and more toned down styles like twilight renaissance and even like meg superstar princess like the grungy element of her fashion and how people are really interested in that all indicates to me that we are in a cultural fall yeah we're towards the end of the fall like, if we yeah. use the Keats's fall, our autumn, as, like, a metaphor, like... Oh, like, we're about to die. Yeah, like, I think I think some... I mean, something's gonna happen. I, I don't really think we're gonna die. I don't really think it's gonna be what apocalyptic. What could this in? Who do you yeah. think will die? Someone could I die. Just, someone... I mean, we all will, but, like, it... 
I don't think it's gonna be that, but something is ending. Like we're at oh. the end of something, but we don't really know what. That's only for art people or like alt people. I think for normal people, it's like you're actually you're looking at it on a graph. Like your year is yeah. on an upward trend from here on, and it's not getting darker. Like it's actually becoming more filled with Christmas yeah. lights and. So I think you guys should all take a page from their book and stop, like, pretending seasonal depression is a thing. Oh my god, I totally agree. Seasonal depression totally ties into people's obsession with fall and winter because they're like, I have to do all my spooky activities and then I will be depressed like a warthog or something. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like, when it's cold outside, social interactions mean so much more to me because it's like everyone suffered to be here and now we're all here together and we're so happy that we made it. Like, in the summer, you'll truly just fucking hang out with anyone because you want to, like, go outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, also- Like, you'll find yourself on a picnic with, like, most busted people. Don't you want to, like, hold someone's cold flesh in your hand? Yeah, and also it's so cozy. Like, it feels so good to cuddle up under blankets when it's cold. I don't know, maybe it's just also, like, where I have always lived, it's just been blistering hot outside. So summer Mm -hmm. is, like, you cannot go outside because it's, like, 105 degrees. I mean, I guess seasonal depression is real, though, because people, like, kill themselves from it. So it definitely is real. But I think maybe they're just depressed generally. Not No, I'm saying people do have seasonal depression, but I think some of it is misdiagnosed and said to be seasonal when they're actually just always depressed. And they're, like, self-medicating during the summer months with a lot of social interaction and partying and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to say, guys, like the cure to this is like, curl your I hair. Know it feels good to, yeah, curl your <laughs> hair. I know it feels good to like be curled up by yourself, I guess, in the winter, but like it feels a million times as good to leave your house as much as you don't want to and fucking get over it. Yeah. Um, it's exhilarating. It yeah. You can find a balance. You really um, can. Um, Mm-hmm. That will make you happier. There's nothing better than going to like a restaurant or like getting to someone's apartment and you shed your like 200 layers of clothes and then you're all like so happy together. I had like so the most cozy. romantic dalliance, uh, romance relationship of my my life in the blizzard storm of like 2016 or 2017 and like February of that year during Fashion Week. I was in Boston mm-hmm. when that happened. I remember. Yeah. The. I remember walking with someone and it was very romantic and um, I kept like, we kept both slipping and falling and how we'd like catch each other. And that's literally romantic. Yeah, You're like weird. penguins. Yeah, that's why every Lifetime movie is set in like this season. It's yeah. It puts you in a silly goofy mood. Maybe that's the secret yeah, of does. like Christian Girl Autumn. I feel like they've really mastered mental health. Like they are so mentally healthy. And I think it's like, that's why they're, they have so much decoration and holidays and shit in the fall because like, Although it's more difficult to go outside and maybe you're not getting as much sunlight, there's so much to look forward to in the fall and winter that's like consecutive back to back. You just get to be excited the whole season, you know? I think it's also, you can't be mentally unwell because you have so many people that are relying on you. I mean, like, you have your husband, you have your kids. Exactly. Also, I was going to say on that note, I know that it would be very incorrect to say that these people don't have their own family troubles. And like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been in like, had a lot of friends with like perfect families who that look like this that have had a lot of family problems but yeah i think the holiday pleasant season can be more pleasant if you are generally more more likely to enjoy time spending time with your family like Mm -hmm. if it's not something that makes you like angry and depressed because they're like republicans and you love bernie sanders you know oh yeah one thing that we gotta pack up this year is the brand of tweets that's like yelling at my racist uncle at thanksgiving you know like (laughs) i just flipped the table and (laughs) 
curb stopped my uncle. Yeah. It's... Yeah, or like feeling pride about being the, I don't know, like sewing discord at the your dissident. family yeah. event. If you cut ties with your family who has given you life, there's people who have like parents who are serial killers and shit. Like, be grateful for a second. Like, nobody's families are perfect. Like, just heal and forgive and forget. Like, everything in your life is just going to get better if you just, like, learn how to, like, get over certain things that you don't like. like. Yeah. It's so spoiled to me. I'm like, you can't have everything. Yeah, we have, like, a bunch of social media-induced orphans. Like, yeah. they've, they've found so a true. sense of community online. But I actually read a tweet earlier that was from Paul from the Bible, if you guys know who that is. Um, <laughs> and it was like, no one on social media will ever be your friend. Your friend, you cannot make friends on social media, which not saying that I'm like, wow, so true, bestie, but it is interesting to think about that. Like just thinking about how your Twitter mutuals don't, you know, not to reference my infamous Sasha Gray, uh, interview, but I talked about that, this with her and she had some good insight on it, which is like, yeah, you cannot substitute real life connection with online community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has always been a running theme, I think, with with our podcast, like Touch yeah. Grass. What I can say is that you know presidents come and go, but your family is forever. Yeah. And even though you think you have your queer chosen family, like mm-hmm. those kind of things always blow up in some kind of GoFundMe disaster. That's <laughs> funny as fuck. <laughs> it's true. No, these people are gonna. There's a reason why. There's like laws that tie you together, you know. Like, who's gonna? Yeah. I don't know. Everyone's gonna get old. Everyone's. Who's gonna, gonna identify your body? Yeah. Who are they gonna call? Yeah, for real. Like, holy shit. We're literally in the middle of a fentanyl crisis. You literally need someone to identify your body. That was very crass of me, but like, that's another reason why I think we're in a cultural fall is because all the fentanyl deaths. I'm like, okay, mm, yeah. this is bad. I feel like sobriety is going to start being cool again. Because, like, who likes drugs anymore? I don't know. It might just be me. I'm like... Let's start drinking mulled wine and eggnog. Things that you really like. Oh, my God. It's hard to get fucked up on eggnog. My friend's boyfriend was uh, really into the ciders this past weekend. But not, like, Mike's hard. But, like, ciders from, like, the Basque region of Spain. They kind of taste like apple cider vinegar, but like, yeah, we should drink mead. But then we'll be veering into wenchcore, but it's okay because we'll just, um, we don't have to say we're wenchcore. Really- Dylan Sprouse, his whole thing was that he ran like a mead factory. That was his like post Disney. Really? That's kind of cool. Yeah. My Latin teacher in middle school made mead in his apartment. I have a really good mead cocktail. That's random. Yeah, so this is ancient. This comes from the medieval era. We should make like a cocktail holiday cookbook or something. No, that would be cool. I don't know how... Yeah, you guys go to making cocktails? Oh, yeah, I, I know a lot of cocktails. I thought yeah. Sam is, yeah. I used to be a bartender, so... But mead cocktail... Have you ever... Oh, wait, you've also literally been a milkmaid. Oh, yeah, and I've literally like worked on... Fa- oh, never mind. But like you mix mead, it's like two-thirds mead one-third ipa but you need to make it like a really traditional ipa and that's like an old medieval drink and you you like put chamomile tea in it and you heat it up and this is like what they would give people at like inns and stuff there's like a name for it would you put condensed milk in it for me and alexi yeah i'll do that please can you put some condensed milk in it please (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm gonna start drinking hot toddies again that'll be my thing after this week Oh, yeah. Last winter, I tried to get into, like, Irish coffee, but I was in New Orleans, so it probably wasn't the right place for Mm. it, but I didn't like it. 
but I want to like it. Yeah. Hot toddies, mm. Irish coffee, I don't know, Bailey's kind of sucks in general. It tastes like rotting syrup. I feel like when you're a kid, Bailey's is really cool because yeah. you're like milkies, but then you get older and it's not as cool. Yeah. Last time we were recording, I was drinking creme liqueur. It was so busted. I felt so We literally didn't know yeah. that you hit that from us. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> should we finish? Wait, uh, I'm trying to think of what else we have to talk yeah. about. Well, I have something I know we can end on, which, and then we can end on the we questions. We need to mention that what's her name is a good person. Oh, that's what I was yeah. going to say. Coming to... Actually, we need to make a point first, which is like this aesthetic in general and this legion of blogging does tend to be very white, almost uniformly. If anyone has any points on that, feel free to add on. I'm gonna de-white it, honestly. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna single-handedly become the first Christian girl autumn blogger of color. There are those, though. <laughs> yeah, they, they are. Exist. Yeah, they do exist. Yeah, because it's such an accessible aesthetic. But I guess maybe they didn't have the same popularity that um, some of like these other girls did. They're not gonna get memed because they don't like fit the like full stereotype. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna read you guys some statements about Miss Caitlin Covington. Uh, so as we said earlier, the reason this meme initially took off in 2019 is because people were making fun of Caitlyn and her friend. This is a quote from W Magazine. Many people clown the two women in the picture, the crux of the joke being that the two basic-looking white girls were homophobic or racist, as you said. Now, Caitlyn has said she is not a Republican. She told BuzzFeed, that's not me at all. I'm a nice person. I love everyone, and I'm accepting of everyone. And she also said... This is a really just this, this, the way she defines herself is very quintessential for this type of person. I'm a daughter, friend, wife, and an expecting mother. I'm a gay rights act. I'm a gay, not, okay, sorry. It's a gay rights activist. I was like, what? Um, no, she says, I'm a gay rights and Black Lives Matters supporter. And I think all people should be accepted for who they are. And so, you know, it's easy for people to say that, but Caitlin has really kind of showed up for the community and what she s- says to believe. So the girl who first made the Christian Girl Autumn tweet, um, Lasagna Baby is like a fixture in like the troll Twitter community. And she's also a fellow K-pop stan, so I love to respect that. But she's trans and she created like a GoFundMe to assist her transition. Caitlin donated $500 to it and told all of her followers to donate too. And talking about her decision to support this girl's transition, she said she's always been vulnerable about her transition and the struggle to be accepted by her friends and family, which I think is so courageous. I support her decision 100%. I'm always in favor of people embracing who they really are and to feel confident in their own skin and happiness, which just makes me so happy. It's like these girls have elementary school teacher, like diversity training energy. Yeah. Like, yeah. like they literally like we want every color of the rainbow. Um, the girl who she supported, Lasagna Baby, said, Caitlin's such an amazing woman and has an endless supply of kindness. They actually seem to have st- struck up a friendship um, from this interaction. So that really does warm your heart a bit to see how this meme and the bit of controversy that followed it and, you know, everyone having a, a laugh at Caitlin's expense, et cetera, actually um, ended up really nicely for both parties. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing is like uh, Christian girls do actually, it's not like Catholic where it's like super decorative and aesthetic. They're more just like Protestant and that they care about the doctrine of like goodwill and kindness and, you know, love one another thing. I think a lot of them are like that. So mm-hmm. befriend a Christian girl, yeah. Adam. And I think that's why decorating your house and, and doing events for your community, that's why it's so important is because it's like not a completely inward facing 
enterprise. Like you're doing things to make your community more fun and beautiful. And I think, you know, much of the public's distaste for this aesthetic has to do with the contriveness of it all, which can sometimes seem kind of ironic. Like, you know, photos of girls in bed wearing matching pajamas and eye masks, but they have perfect hair and makeup and are pretending they just woke up and they have like balloons and heaps of breakfast in bed. <laughs> and it's like, if that brand of really obvious stage photo shoot makes you feel really insecure about your life, like just go buy balloons and make a nice breakfast. Yeah. You know, it's not as inaccessible as being a nepotism model, taking candid photos of you and your friends in Paris. It really is as simple as going to Target. Seriously. Agreed. And it's also much more, I would say, there is a there's a bit even though there's a, a stereotype these women are all white and thin and they are but they're not like extremely beautiful and they're usually not that skinny and they're usually they're not exceptional in the way that a nepo baby is like it is much more easy to f- put yourself in their shoes than it is to believe or stepify and it is somewhat body neutral i mean the if you wear oversized clothes yeah. all the time no one can judge you much and it also is very flattering it's like Mm -hmm. the hallmark of oversized accessories like tote bags scarves and giant hats give you the impression of being swaddled and you look very petite and fertile and also mommies need big bags for practical reasons too so i think we're over the tiny jack moose bag and we need giant bags that you can fit like 20 diapers in yeah i mean literally the balance like being everyone's like the balenciaga motorcycle bag is coming back the mike jacobs stand bag is coming back and it's like yeah these bitches have been on it they literally (laughs) like my mom's purse since the day i was born has weighed like 55 pounds straight up that's another thing that these bitches have been on for a long time it's like they single-handedly kept pinterest and blogging like a float until like all of these sub stackers and like all people decided to like flood back into these platforms it's like and say that they were reviving i know it's like these girls have been blogging Mm. these girls have been they and they this is pinterest was made for them they are the life and blood of pinterest like like we need to thank them you know like yeah and even though there is there are definitely stars within their community there's way less of a I don't know, hierarchy. Like, whenever you look in the comment sections of Southern Curls and Pearls, which is Caitlin Covington's blog, everyone else who's commenting is also a style blogger to, like, differing degrees of fame, but it was a community that made people feel like they also had a voice. It doesn't have this weird kind of, like, Twitch feeling where it's, like, there's one major force and everyone else is a fan. You know, they're not having, like, a Discord. Like, everyone has the same level of, of output. Um... I think we should mention really quickly uh, Bo Burnham's white women's Instagram because that is the <laughs> ultimate, I think that was the ultimate like dunk own on these women. And I personally thought it was um, classless and not funny. And I'd love to hear, I sounded like yeah, glam demon when I said that. Rewind. I personally thought it was classless and not funny. Yeah, I think even, like, infinitely more annoying than this type of girl actually is the brand of, like, white men that like to make skits out of it. Like, it just makes it so much less funny. And that's, like, all I have to say. I'm like, you guys are just annoying. You're annoying. Not even in, like, a let people enjoy things kind of way, but in a way where it's just, you're just literally it's not like funny. It's like a, it's one of those things of trying to be like, oh, well, I'm not like this. And then at the same time, it's for these, like, soy boys to, like express their deep hatred of women through like these like stupid skits yeah i think that um maybe i mean bo burnham is a bit different because it's his career to like 
make social commentary and be like satirist but um for other guys i'm like why are you paying attention to what women wear this much yeah like why do yeah, you know what a, why do you know what a vivian westwood orb necklace Dude, is etc like we could do a whole mm-hmm. episode on this because i have a lot of thoughts on that but yeah basically the crux of this is just like a lot of guys have figured out that it's really easy to get away with misogyny if you just say like white girls in front of exactly something. yeah but it is you make fun of white girls whatever like i do it all the time but it's just not funny when boys and do because trends because fashion trends are so fast if you can just pay attention to that at all as a man you can criticize girls for their style which is gay to do yeah. but like I, I see it happening so that shit's for females yeah yeah, yeah. fashion criticism is for females only. yeah men really I think there's a lot of men out there who aren't trans but really just want to be women because they just really like female culture. Um, like they're and they're not yeah, trans. Like totally they're just it. straight guys who are just bitter. I don't know. It's a thing. Charlie Kaufman is one of those. Yeah, they're not even like it's because they're like failed metrosexuals. Yeah. Because yeah, being metrosexual is not easy. Never has been. It's true. Uh. Uh. So. Guys, is there anything else you want to touch on? I have a few, or have a wrap-up segment for us to complete, mm. if you guys are... I just want to, the main thing good. I want to say, this is like a little bit of material... Analysis. Um, analysis, is that I think the 2010 silhouette of oversized top and skin tight bottoms is really, like, awesome. Mm. <laughs> because it's like a modesty thing, but it's also this weird intersection of athleisure and real clothes. Mm-hmm. So, everyone this winter, let's try our hand at, like, dressing up skinny jeans and leggings. And wearing big chunky socks. I, I all right. Um, you know, Rick Owens just sent down. It was either Raph or Rick. Uh, just sent down like a Navajo inspired sweater down the runway, like the other day. Oh, that's. And it was really, it was oversized. It was obviously this intersection with hipsterdom, but something to think about. Yeah. I think Rick Owens is kind of like Christian girl autumn, <laughs> like the big tunics with the little leggings and stuff. Sweater that pods is are kind genius. of. Also, and some of pods. the Rick sneakers, yeah, some of the Rick sneakers have the same silhouette as like duck boots or yeah. something. Yeah, that's very true. And also, there's sometimes an there's not always, but sometimes there's an emphasis on the skinniness of the legs. Sometimes, and that is something that I mean, Kaylin Covington is a good example of that. If you guys look her up, you'll see a lot of her uh, clothing silhouettes highlight her legs. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys, I'm gonna take us now to the interactive part of the show. Which is um, a poll I uh, developed using statistics and data analysis. Um, so now we're going to take it to the part of the episode where we reveal a few of our own Christian girl autumn tendencies. And first, Sam, I would like to ask you, what is your favorite fall Starbucks drink? Or Starbucks drink in general if you do not have a fall one and you can make one up. I always just get everywhere i go a large hot latte with regular milk everywhere i never drink iced coffee it needs to be hot that's just i just Why keep it simple it? does it make your hands like cold no i just i like iced coffee but i just love hot coffee i don't get as crazy because i can drink iced coffee really fast and mm-hmm. then like i get really anxious or overhyped about shit but the hot one it like I can drink that throughout the day, it's like a, you know? Yeah, it's a slow burn. Yeah. Um, Alexi, I'd love to hear your thoughts and preferences. Okay, the thing about me is that I don't actually drink coffee because I'm a freak and I have, like, natural high energy levels and I don't want to mess with it. Mm-hmm. But I do obviously love hot chocolate with marshmallows. And if I do go to Starbucks, I 
order the most like obese middle school <laughs> drink, which is a secret menu item known as the cotton candy frappuccino, which is like you a vanilla bean frappuccino with raspberry syrup. Wow. It's so good. It's literally just like flavored whipped cream. Mm. Sounds delicious. I'll try that sometime. What's your favorite Starbucks drink is? Thanks for asking. Uh, So I think I have a bit of a unique perspective because like for those listeners who have ever lived in the middle of nowhere, Starbucks actually does have a an allure and a draw to it. It's kind of like a siren singing to you in the ocean and you feel compelled to go there when there's literally nothing else around besides like um, Hardee's. So I support Starbucks in a way, but uh, my usual drink is just an iced coffee with half and half in it. But I don't really, Alexi, same, I don't really like coffee that much. Like I'll drink it for fun and I'll usually drink it over the course of the entire day, probably like for 13 hours, one That's cup. So cool. Um, thanks. But my favorite thing and ever at Starbucks is like their birthday cake pops which literally tastes like they've been eaten by a baby and spit out and mushed together and dipped in fondant. And it's literally so good. Mm -hmm. So that's my favorite thing. And they do have holiday ones, I think. So you guys could try those out. I would love to. I hope they have one that has like Rudolph on it or something. I used to always get their pesto chicken sandwich there like every day for like a year of my life. That's so good. Starbucks food is like low-key not Mm -hmm. that bad. What I used to order was like their big chocolate chip cookie and I would get just a cup of whole milk heated up but that's too embarrassing ah! right no, no, no. i was just gonna say we need to bring back vanilla steamers yeah. which is we just need to bring back milk and cookies Dude, i drink oh i never that never left for me same i actually fun fact about me is every single night for my whole life up until now milk and cookies no i drink a cup of milk with a spoonful of honey that's oh. hot in order to go to God, sleep. I was really hoping <laughs> you were going to say that you dra- you ate milk and cookies every, every night, night before bed like Santa <laughs> Claus. Yeah, yeah. That's like that meme that's like Drake would do this. Yeah, that milk and cookies <laughs> before bed. It's like... <laughs> no, I called um, this Drake meme when that album came out. I was like, this is Elvin. Like, he is an elf. Like, he's like a house elf. Yeah, people understand that yeah. now with his cartoonification. Yeah. The other question that we have for our wrap up it's our data-driven analysis (laughs) is what what is y'all's favorite fall activity i like to read Um, like or do work outside just work on things that's really good you know yeah i would say like to bask in sunny spots on public spaces if i can i also do think that fall is a good time for romance so um, I'm not going to say that going on dates is my favorite fall activity because it's definitely not that. But uh, I think that meeting new people is really fun during the fall. Yeah. And then also, oh, actually, I have a confession. Not a confession, but I have been on quite a few ghost tours in my life because I've lived in a lot of super haunted cities, like the like the like famous haunted cities. Um, and I would actually recommend to all of our listeners that you try one out this season because they're actually really fun and it's a good way to get out of your apartment and go to a neighborhood you don't live in and walk around and um it's really fun oh you know what's a really fun fall activity is um like halloween corn mazes that shit is so fun those are so scary oh my I god love that was gonna be one of mine but i haven't done it since i was like eight so i can't even say it's my favorite but oh they should turn the streets of new york into corn maze yeah that's <laughs> dark it's like some cloverfield shit yeah alexi what's your favorite fall activity I was gonna say that you know one thing I do like about fall is that the um, the amount of like pop ups or like temporary 
things that happen in small towns, I think, bring a lot of excitement. So things like corn mazes, things like Spirit Halloween taking over whatever stores went out of business in Burlington. And also haunted houses. Yeah. I do think that is an interesting suburban, I don't know, like happening that takes place. But my favorite fall activity, I think I really enjoy. And this is something I don't get a lot of because I live in New York now. Like, nature does a lot of epic loot drops in the fall. So you can, like, pick up pine cones and acorns, which I think are so cute. And also, like, the leaves fall down, which is weirdly something we have not talked about yet. <laughs> no, that was the but intro. I, that was the intro. I was like, the leaves are changing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The leaves are changing. Um, but also, I want to mention, if one of our listeners in New York wants to, like, Go arrange this for me and see surprise me no it's not even a date okay fellas i do not consider it a date but <laughs> i've never this is so uncovid safe but i've never done bobbing for apples and i really want to oh, oh you've never bobbed for Dude. apples it's so oh, gnarly yeah. you've got to try it. it's so gross it seems so fun and i have um, like an overbite so i feel like i would be yeah, really good it's, at it's it. really hard it is really hard it's really hard do you guys like halloween parties um yeah i think i'm gonna throw one love I do, ish. It's not that big of a deal for me. Halloween, like, I don't know. I like scary movies, but I kind of like Thanksgiving better. Yeah, being into Halloween is like kind of whack. Like, our we already talked about this, but I do hate the vibes of like people who, as soon as it becomes like August, they're like, "It's Halloween now." And then like the types of people that are super into Halloween, like Tumblr band kids, they never even like turn looks or Mm -hmm. like slay on Halloween because they're too insecure about their bodies. Like the people who do Halloween Mm -hmm. the best are like sorority girls. True. Yeah. Or people that will take the time to make a costume. That always looks really good. Mm -hmm. I, when I was working in costuming, it was really fun to help other people who weren't myself build looks um, and like design stuff. But yeah, I I think making Halloween costumes is really fun. Oh, there's a famous Austin landmark by my house because I live by this big street and it's called Lucy in Disguise and it's just like a costume rental store and it's like crazy in there they make it they make it into like a weird maze it's like a I think I might rent my costume from there sounds like fun but kind of gross honestly renting wait yeah that's my like last piece of advice to our listeners for today is like you should consider renting your costume from a costume house because they have really good, high quality and unique stuff. And um, not always, but some of them do if you go to a good one. And it might cost you some money, but if you really want to turn a look, it might be worth it if you feel like it. Yeah, it's good to turn a look and not have it be like sitting around in your closet for the rest yeah. of your life. Oh, wait, I, I have think... one last point, which is that my experience with Halloween is that I literally, for a job one time, I fit multiple men grown men into like joker costumes like i've like taken their measurements and been like your chest is this size your neck is this size and then i'm like did you work on the joker no no no. i wish i worked on that but it was when people always wanted to dress up as joker and so they would at any time of the year they would come in and be like hey look i want to dress up as joker and i'd be like okay let's do it like civilians anyways (laughs) i feel like he just wears a suit like no, it's like the purple's oh, suit. like trad like it's like the, Yeah, the trad joker. Mm. The cartoon joker. That's um, dope. I think I'm gonna actually no, I won't spoil my Halloween. Yeah, don't spoil it. Some good steal it. Okay guys, well thanks so much for listening. We also wanna give a big happy birthday shout out to Addison Ray. It's her birthday. So happy birthday, oh, baby girl. Yeah. We love you. 
She's so Christian girl autumn. We want her to return back to her roots and like stop turning looks. I don't know. Or start turning looks in a different way. I want her to start tailgating again. I want her oh, to go yeah. back to school. That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. Um all right, so I guess we should ask our listeners, dear listeners, please let us know if you like Starbucks in the fall season, if you like leaves, if you like Caitlin Covington, what else guys? Yeah, and we hope that you will choose us to cozy up with in your ears, but it would be even better if you, like, turned your phone off and touched dead Touch leaves dead instead leaves, of touching yeah. grass. They could do both. They could tangle up with some wired headphones yeah. and jump into a Go on a hayride. Touch hay. Touch hay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Well, we hope you have a bountiful fall season. Bounties of, um, um... Blessings, etc. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Love you guys. Abundance. <laughs> <laughs>